and we are live. Welcome back here on another edition of Up in Flames here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I appreciate everyone for tuning in and listening. If you are watching live, I appreciate you. If you're catching up on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to Up in Flames, I appreciate you as well. But today we got a special, special guest Guy that took a t- took his time out. A guy I respect in the podcast game puts out dope content. But we'll introduce him right after this. Warning: You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames, we up in flames, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we up in flames, yeah, yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go, we up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, Woo. we up in, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames, Welcome, welcome, welcome. Like I said, I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. If you're listening here on Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. But like I said, if you're watching live, I got a special guest. I got Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze from the Above the Rim podcast. Justin, what's going on, bro? Yo, Mo, I appreciate you, my brother. I appreciate the invite. As always, man, it's great. It's dope to uh, chop it up and talk hoops, talk hoops with you, man. Talk hoops with you, my man. Let's get it. Yeah, it's all good. So before we start, bro, I always, when I have somebody new on the show, I like them to just give them the floor, tell us something about themselves, what inspired you to start the podcast. You create dope content. So for anybody that listens to me and is looking for somebody new, uh, you know, very similar, better than me, but very similar as far as the vibes <laughs> and stuff I'm putting out content, definitely go check out Above the Rim. But bro, the floor is yours. Just tell me a little bit about what made you get into it, um, your your journey, that future projects that you got, just, just your passion for talking hoops. Yeah, man. Um, well, I mean, I've always been a hoops head. Everybody who like knows me in real life knows I've always been involved in hoops out of high school and shit and after college too as well. And especially now. So even more so. Um, I actually had a podcast before this, before I started Above the Rim. It was kind of like a culture type of podcast. It's, you know, getting your feet wet in the podcast game, seeing how you are a couple of years ago. Um, and then I separated from that and started Above the Rim, man. And it's just, um, it's my baby. Just like how Up in Flames is your baby, man. I mean, yeah. we started this Started it from the ground up, um, built it from the ground up also as well. Um, it's just a, just a platform to give brothers like you, brothers like myself, a place, educated brothers to be talking hoops and talking sports because we know we can't get that good content from the major networks, man. We know how trash that is. So um, it's yeah. all about us creating a platform for all of us to uh, connect with each other and everybody who's knowledgeable about uh, hoops and sports in general, man. Because it's all, it's all sports. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's basically where it came from. Like, you know, for me, I always wanted to to be a, a broadcaster. That was like my dream if I didn't go yeah. to the NBA. Uh, but clearly that didn't happen. So it's like, <laughs> but it was like an easier, easier way to jump in the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? You get you a mic, you get you a laptop. I started, you know, basically off, off of the, the AirPods and a, and a laptop. You know what I'm saying? And got the mic, got, got some, you know, uh, better equipment. But, bro, it's just been a journey. You link it up with guys like you. You know, building relationships, talking hoops on Twitter all day, every day. Like it's just been and being able to hear other people's perspective, whether you agree, disagree. I respect everybody's opinion. I respect everybody else's content. You know, that's basically what led me. You did a show with my guy Chris. Uh, you know, the guy who runs Off the Ball Network. Y'all killed it. I had been seeing who you was prior to that, but after I seen that show, that chemistry, I'm like, man, I got to get him on at some point. Shout out! I got to Chris, reach out. Yo. Yeah. So big, big shout out to Chris. That's my guy, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? We started off the ball network together. He came to me with that idea and was like, bro, I want you to be, you know, one of my right hand men. So, you know, we kind of built that from the ground up too. He was one of my first guests on Up in Flames. So, you know, we kind of built the bond that that almost can't be broken at this point, no matter what direction our podcast go, you know, or the, or the network goes. One thing is me and Chris will always be cool, but you know, we, we got to know you a little bit. So so now let's test let's test your knowledge. I mean, I know you're knowledgeable, but let let everyone see your knowledge on NBA. So we're gonna start with Harden. Uh, there was a report that came out that James Harden will probably explore his options. He's not committed to Brooklyn after this year. We know he's a free agent. Um, so 
we know when we get news like this, it's possible that he gets traded. I'm not saying he does, but with everything that has surrounded Brooklyn, uh, you know, Kyrie not playing at home games, could that affect him in the playoffs? Like, I think Harden sitting back injuries between Harden and then Kevin Durant's out four to six weeks. Harden, so as we get farther along in the season, Kyrie, even when he's healthy, he plays absolutely amazing, but health is an issue with Kyrie even. So if Harden was to be out in Brooklyn, like when you first saw that report, what, what was your first thought when you saw that Harden would explore his options? Um, I actually wasn't that surprised, to be honest with you, man. I'm not going to lie, because actually I'm one of the few. I don't know if I'm one of the few, but it's kind of split, obviously, on Twitter, kind of when you think about it. Um, people who think that he would stay in BK and people who think that he would leave. Um, I'm one of the people who actually didn't think this was a long-term fit for him for the rest of his career, to be honest with me. Um, I honestly thought he would be looking for other pastures, depending on if they won the title, of course. Um, and I think that will have a lot of effect on his decision going forward at the end of the season, too. Um, as far as a trade or free agency, I honestly don't think he's going to get traded. I don't think he's going to get traded midseason. I think that's too much of a blockbuster to trade a James Harden midseason um, to another team. But if he is looking to leave, me personally, my thoughts is that it's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. I think everyone obviously has an inkling. They know about the connection, him and Maury and all of that. But um, even more so than that, I think the team actually fits his skill set very well. Um, he hasn't played with a big, like a Joel Embiid. I mean, he has played with a Clint Capella, but he's not obviously not the same skill set. We know Joel Embiid is an MVP-type candidate. So um, I think that's actually very attractive for a guy like James Harden. And I think, I think you know, lowest of keys, I think it's a reason why they're being so cautious on this Ben Simmons deal. Because I feel like they don't want to take anything back long term that may affect their availability or um, their ability, excuse me, to acquire James Harden in the offseason. So I think they're keeping their chips at bay and only trying to take on rookie contracts or, you know, Daryl Morey's stingy anyway. So um, yeah. we'll see how that works out this summer. But I don't think it's going to be a trade if he does leave. Probably got to be free agency or opting out. Yeah, I, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, when I I was pitching Harden to go to Philly or Miami when he was available prior to him going to Brooklyn. Mm. I'm a Heat fan, and I know the Heat <laughs> were interested in James Harden too. So it's not like you know, but they weren't willing to give up Tyler Hero at that time. This time last year, I was I did an episode around this time last year, uh, and I was talking about it, and I'm like, man, that's a bad move. That that is a bad move. Uh, mm. Not. James Harden keep Tyler Hero. Kind of made me eat my words, though. Tyler Hero's been getting better. He's a solid six-man. Yeah, he's he's balling. He's gotten better. He's a solid six-man. He's a key piece to any type of run that the Heat will have, and we'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. But I almost think Brooklyn, if it's a real – like, I think they're going to have to sit down with James Harden and really see, like, hey, what are our chances? A 60-40, you know, 30-70, what are our chances of keeping you because I know you're trying to win a championship. I know you want to win one with KD and Kyrie, but this is where business comes in. And like, you can't lose Harden for nothing. You might, you, you're, you're, we don't know if they're interested in bringing back Kyrie, uh, whether we agree with his antics or not. We know how Brooklyn feels at first. You know, they kind of, he kind of forced their hand at some point. COVID ended up forcing their hand for even allowing him to come back because they didn't want a part-time player, but they haven't signed him to extension. But the one person that did get his, an extension is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will not be a free agent. And so you have to maximize best years out of Kevin Durant. He's playing like an MVP candidate, uh, top three in my MVP ladder. Um, you know, he, he was leading at one point. It was up and down between him and Steph Curry and some other guys. And now KD's hurt. So obviously he won't win the MVP, but we know what he is when he plays. So I, mean, I think he still have could, to, though. He still could. He could still win it. Four to six weeks, though, that's, that's a long time. But that, to like me, 15, for this is a long time. That, that's 15 easily. Uh, and that's probably on the four weeks. You're still winning off this at 15. Uh, it'd be tough, I, though, with some of the guys that are still. Steph Curry still would be in it. Giannis would still be in it. John Moran will be in it. Nikola Jokic. And they haven't missed a lot of games. So even in those 15 games, they could separate themselves. Then, you know, when he comes back, he does have to get right back into it. Like his body's not just going to be ready to go 100%. We know KD what he is when he's healthy. We know he would deserve it if he won it. But, you know, it also takes about another week or two to get back into things, even with Kyrie. Like, Kyrie came back, and he wasn't just 
full-blown Kyrie. He still was a magician with the ball, but you knew it had to take some time to get that conditioning back. So I don't know. He might have taken, taken himself out of the race, but you, you can't even look at the next year. If you don't win the championship this year, you're still going to have Kevin Durant on that roster, which still means you're going to be able to compete for a championship. And I can't let Harden go for nothing. Because then what do you get? Like, what do you bring to Brooklyn? I don't know if it's a big enough market that you're really looking into free agency. And then if Harden's gone and Kyrie's gone, those are your real trade assets. I mean, I guess you got Cam Thomas. You got a couple others, but you got a lot of older guys on one-year deals. Those are your trade assets. So I think if Harden is like they sit down and have a conversation with him and he's out, I think you got to trade him. And Philly's the perfect match. Philly was the perfect match when he won it out of Houston. I felt like you get him and Joel Embiid together. I think they could do damage in the Easter Conference. I'm not saying that guarantees them a chip, but the East is very deep too. So it's not a knock that that might not be a championship team. One, that'll be really fun. But two, that'll be very competitive. That's what they were missing last year. I know Ben Simmons is an all-NBA defender. Uh, I, I, I happen to love Ben Simmons. But at the same time, like you started seeing it even in the Atlanta series. They needed a guy that could go bucket for bucket with Trey Young. Even when, when, when Simmons was off the floor and Trey Young was on the floor, Bucket for bucket, you needed that score. That's why I was even pitching settled for C.J. McCollum prior to the season. I'm like, you need a guy who could just go get his own bucket. We know that's what James Harden does. He could facilitate, he could run an offense, but he could get his own bucket. If it wasn't Philly, if there's teams out there and Harden does become available for the right price, Brooklyn's going to let him walk. Even if he leaves, I think it'll be signed in trade somewhere just so they don't let him walk for nothing. I think Harden would be willing to do that as long as he goes to the team that he's interested in anyways, or he could just not do that. But if there was another team outside of Philly that, that's like a James Harden away from ultimately competing for a championship, is there one that comes to your mind? Mm, see, that's going to be tough because uh, when you're talking about a guy like James Harden, Mar uh, James Harden market comes into play. So it's not only the roster, it's about championship contention and then market also. I think for a guy like James Harden, I think he's not going to go somewhere like Cleveland. He's not going to go to OKC, even though those might be the teams that uh, have the assets or obviously have the have the money to absorb his contract. So if he does get traded, like you said, if, it, if it's a sign and trade, I'm not 100% sure that the Brooklyn Nets are really that interested in Ben Simmons. I mean, they should be interested in Ben Simmons because it wouldn't be a necessarily a bad pairing with him and KD throwing Kyrie in there also. It's not necessarily a bad parent, but it may not be the route that they're trying to go. Um, so I would think if they do do a sign and trade, it would probably have to be a three-team deal, brother, because um, there's a lot of other... Uh, listen, I'm, I'll say it like this. If James Harden does leave, I don't think the Nets are going to have a problem attracting free agents. I don't think they're going to have a problem uh, uh, wooing free agents to ask out of their team because there's a lot of Kevin Durant, you know, widely known around the league. He got boys on all, all teams, all places. So I don't think it's going to be a problem for them to problem for them to woo free agents. But it's really about James, what he wants to do, and is he going to be honest with them and tell them 60 40 or, or whatever? Like he might walk up to that desk and say, Yo, it's 50 50. I don't know if I'm staying, I don't know if I'm going. Talk to me at the end of the year if they win the title. Now, if they win the title, I think he'll, he'll be more willing to stay. If the Nets don't win the title, which I don't think they will this year because there's a lot of things going on this season, I think he's yeah. going to be looking elsewhere. And I don't really blame him for that. And also, I wouldn't really blame the Nets for moving on, to be honest, because how much is he asking for in that, next, in that contract extension? You know he's asking for the max. How many years is he asking for? We've seen James Harden this season has been the same James Harden as we're used to. So is he worth the money that he will ask for in Brooklyn? When you ha already have a Kyrie, when you already have a Kevin Durant, when you look at a guy like James Harden on the Nets, he's more of a luxury than a necessity for the Nets. So yeah. they're going to have some decisions to make, brother. And I would really sit down and think if I really want to keep him there also. It's not all on James. I think it's all on the front office as well. It has to be mutual on both sides. And that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it puts them in a tough spot. Like with, mm -hmm. with when rumors come out, there's some type of truth to them. Like it leaks yeah. from somewhere, whether it was Harden's camp or the Nets got word of it and they leaked it out because now teams might come calling. Hey, what's the mm -hmm. price tag on James Harden? We would love to have him here. But even still, we've seen this with stars, and that's going to be another thing is if the Nets are willing to trade him, Harden's going to have a list. He's going to come out with a list, three yeah. teams, five yeah, 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 teams. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be like, I will not re-sign if I don't go here, 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 which Market. takes the rest of the league out because do you want to gamble that 
you could trade for Harden, keep him through the rest of the year, and then do enough to convince him to stay. And like you said, it's a market. So even if he comes out with a list, I think it would be Miami. I think it would be Philly. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he goes down the road and plays for the Knicks. I'm not sure nah. that that's on his list. Not a Nick guy. Even see a way. Yeah, I don't think he's a Nick guy either. He's just, I, mm-hmm. I feel like to be the superstar there, you got to have, Harden is very quiet. Like, we know he likes yeah. to hang out and stuff, but as a player and stuff, he's very quiet. Mm-hmm. He balls. Yeah. Houston was perfect for him. Philly would be perfect for him. I think they would embrace him in Miami. I don't know if he would embrace the heat culture and the way they do things, the way they work, the way they practice. I don't know if he would love that, even though they, there was some interest there. I don't know ultimately if he would love that, especially at this point in his career. He's an established superstar. I got one for you that they may think about. It might be far-fetched, but you never know. The Hawks, Atlanta. Hey, he does have ties to Atlanta. Like, he hangs <laughs> out with little Baby. That's his best friend. You know what I'm saying? You get him and Trey Young. He opposed to that city. I'll tell you that. He yeah, I, he, definitely he definitely wouldn't. We know there's plenty of strip clubs for him to enjoy uh, in the off season. <laughs> you know, the night before a game, we know he and, and he's ties with little baby. So I think that would be something to think about. They have assets. They do. They already got rid of Reddish, but they do got DeAndre Hunter. There will be no way though they'll get rid of Trey Young in that deal. So they no, 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 no. It would be to pair both of them yeah. together, Trey Young and Hunter. So Collins will be gone. Capella maybe the Nets could use a Capella. They yeah. lost Jared Allen. They could use a Capella. You know, I mean, it, and it could be a three-team deal. Like I said, Ben Simmons could be something. You never know. Atlanta might be a team to watch because they are ready to make moves. They're disappointed in the season. Yeah, and they got a bunch of assets. So I want to move on from Harden, and we're going to talk about another. We're going to talk about an even greater all-time great. I sent you the question. You already posed <laughs> it. And, and that's <laughs> so Steph, we know he, he passed the three-point record. He's the greatest shooter of all time. I think at this point, it's undisputed. Uh, you have different type of shooters. I mean, I don't think he's Ray Allen, Rip Hamilton, Reggie Miller type. What he does with the ball handling stuff, I think is what defers him. Klay Thompson is more in that category, the pure shooters. And then you just got, he's got his own category of the type of shooter he is. But all time, to me, I have him in my top 15. I think he's around 13. Some people be opposed to it. Some people kind of agree with it. I got him and KD on the outside looking in uh, for the top 10. I think it's more likely people fall in love a lot more with KD and there will be a way for him to get in. He's probably one more championship away. He's got the finals MVPs. He's got the MVP to validate everything. Steph got three championships, two MVPs. He doesn't have a finals MVP. So the scenario I'm going to give you to see if he could improve his all-time status, ever jump in that top 10 in your eyes, if Steph was the win MVP, and when I posed this question to other people, and this was a thought, this was when this was Steph and KD one and two, and then it was the rest of the league at MVP. He's dropped off, went through a slump, so things have changed a little bit. But if Steph was the win MVP, Golden State won a championship, and he won his Finals MVP. Does he is he in that glorified top ten of all time, or is it so impossible for that scenario to even happen that it's not even something you're thinking about? It's not impossible, but that's a lot to happen this year. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it is possible, but it is a lot. Uh, winning the season MVP, winning the title and finals MVP. I mean, if obviously, if they get to the finals, he's definitely going to win finals MVP on this team. There's no KD taking that away from him this year. And so if they win the title, obviously. But um, me personally, I don't think he's going to win MVP th- this year. But, I mean, it's MVP is a narrative award, so you never know. He can have a couple of hot. Uh, Steph Curry games, and then he's right up there. So, um, but if he does win the MVP, all three, like you said, if he hits that trifecta, first of all, that's crazy. So he, you got to get love if you if you're able to complete that trifecta in a season. <sighs> top ten, uh, I got him in top twenty right now. Right now he's top twenty. Top ten though, wait, he's got he's getting Finals MVP also. Yeah, he's getting, like, that scenario, he has to get, he almost has to get the trifecta, and part of it, he's a little guy. You look at the top 10, even top 15. I got him top 15. He's my only, like, little guy. Everybody else is wing players, big men, outside of Magic Johnson. But Magic Johnson would be a wing point forward in today's league, 6'9 point guard. But outside of that, like, he's the little guy. So I think four championships, a finals MVP. I think he gets the benefit of the doubt that he got robbed of the finals MVP, the first championship they got. 
<laughs> I think he should have got it. Iguodala got, you know, that's a story for another time, I think. But I think he got robbed of that. Curry was the best player on that team. Iguodala got credit for shutting down a guy who they considered giving finals MVP and, and he lost. Like, they mm. lost in six. And they considered <laughs> being the finals MVP. So how do you yeah. give it to the guy that guard him? But, I mean, he would have four championships. He, he's the greatest shooter of all time, but he has that all-time three-point record. And he's going to blow that out of the water. We don't know what that number is going to be when his career is all said and done. And he's going to be that little guy that I think gets glorified. Like you finally give credit to one of those little guys. Like we love AI. We love Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, we, we love, we love those six, three and below guys, but nobody's been validated to where they're at that all time status. It's all wing players. It's two, it's Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, the big men from the eighties, nineties, seventies, go back to Wilton and even uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think if he hits that trifecta, I almost think we have to, with everything that'll be on his resume, you know, he'll be in the double digits and all-star appearances. He'll have four championships. He'll have one finals MVP. We have three MVPs, uh, one unanimous, but he would have three MVPs. I think with that type of resume, that almost screams top 10 to me. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at you if you did put him at the top 10. I'll be honest. I, I still got to – I probably got to write down my top 10. He might be able to sneak in there if he does complete the trifecta. But um, on the surface right now, as I think of it, I would probably say he would still be in the top 15. Top 20 is already in right now. But um, I wouldn't be mad at somebody if they sneak him into that top 10 because, first of all, getting that trifecta is a hell of a feat anyway. And four titles is nothing to sneeze at, um, even though – championships are a team award i always say it's still a difficult task to get for any player so um four championships is nothing to see that and listen i'm not gonna be mad if somebody puts them in that top 10 listen you get you if you own a, a all-time any record nba all-time record you should be probably at least top 20 on the surface most likely top 15 if you own an all-time nba record of of significance so, yeah, man, I wouldn't be mad if you put him in the top 10. I, I probably got to write down my top 10 list over again and see if he sneaks in. But um, I can't hate on you if you put him in the top 10. So it will be interesting to see if he gets that trifecta. I personally think he won't, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it's less likely now because he went through that slump. And, I, you know, I like kind of presented this to people like a month mm -hmm. and a half ago. When he was, it was him and KD at the top of the MVP yeah. ladder at that time. And it was like, if you got KD as your MVP right now, I ain't mad at you. If you got Steph, I ain't mad mm -hmm. at you. I had them 1A and 1B. Either mm -hmm. one of them at that point in time, and it was early in the season, but, yeah. you know, but prior to Christmas, if either one of them was your guy that's won MVP, I ain't mad. I, I agree. Either route you want to go, because uh, what they were doing was incredible. Steph went through the slump. Like I said, KD's been injured, but I just think, I think Steph could be that breakthrough guy for the little people. Like, and I know he's listed at what, 6'3", but some yeah, of the guys. not that sure, though. He is nah, but, but the guys is like, the, the, so I, I, and a stat jumped at me, and that's what made me like, he'd do it for the little guys. The average of the consensus top 10, the average height is 6'10". Mm. Like, the shortest guy is Jordan and Kobe at 6'6". Six six. Like, those are the shortest guys in the top 10. So, because of the big men era and what they did, like those were monsters. Elijah Wan, Shaq, Kareem, those were monsters, great players. Magic Johnson being a six nine point guard, obviously LeBron, uh, Jordan, and Kobe. I, a guy being six three, being in that top ten where the average height is six ten, is like those little guys aren't getting that love. And I think Steph oh. with that could, could get it. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, also as well, top 10 is subjective and also generational also now yeah. as well. So um, subjective as as in what players you personally favor more and then also generational. Some of these these young guys that are on Twitter right now, they really haven't seen a lot of these players play. I mean, I be arguing with a, with a lot of people. I really be trying to be quiet because I try not to heat people too much on Twitter, man. But um, these people just never seen – even the early 90s, because, you know, I mean, Twitter doesn't tell you age on that. They, don't, they haven't even seen these play in the late 90s, early 90s, 80s. Like, I mean, these players are foreign to them. So half of these people don't even know who George Mikan is. I mean, they, they don't they don't even know a lot of what's going on. They've never seen any Will Chamberlain tapes, nothing. So um, it's, it's, it's definitely generational also as well. So we'll see, because I definitely think the top 10 is, is subjective de uh, depending on what you favor most and and what you what you actually value in a player um, as well. If you value championships more than individual stats or impact and 
uh, there's a lot of factors to go in. So I wouldn't be mad at somebody if they had him in that in that top ten. Yeah, and what you you said a key thing before we move on to the next one is the the generational. And I said so. D Wade had said something, mm-hmm. and people kind of ate him up. But I think he had a point. He made sense. Yeah. I won't forget about Jordan, but I'm also in my later twenties. I I didn't see like I more so remember Wizards Jordan. But then what we grew up on, I remember NBA TV when they were showing hardwood classics all day. I used to sit there and watch those. So I've seen, did I see it live? Did I get to enjoy that moment? Of course not. But I've seen Jordan, plenty of Jordan tapes. I've seen plenty of games with Magic and Kareem and the Showtime Lakers. I've seen Larry Bird. So I've seen enough that I understand their greatness. But like D-Waste, and we're in the social media era we're starting to erase, erase history all over the world. Like it's just mm-hmm. start, history is starting to matter less in 10 to 15 years. These next group of kids. And with me having kids like Jordan ain't going to have no impact on my kids. He won't be nothing but somebody who has shoes. Like he's going to be oh the guy that make <laughs> yeah. the cool shoes. So D Wade, a YouTube figure by then. Yeah. And D Wade had a point in like this generation, the next up and coming uh, broadcasters, the guys our age, it was more Kobe was their favorite player. LeBron was their favorite player. Hell, D-Wade was some of their favorite players. He was my favorite player. Then you were AI guys. Even like you grow up in football, like the AI and Michael Vick era when they changed the culture of both leagues. So mm-hmm. I got what he was saying, and that's what you basically said. And the generation thing is, and as we get farther removed, people forget about Kareem. And, and Kareem is arguably the greatest player of all time. Like he, yes. he has a case from accolades, from college to NBA, everything he did. But people... Totally forget about Kareem because he's not even in your face all the time. You remember how great Magic is because Magic was helping run the Lakers. He's in your face. He's entertaining. He, he he stayed around as a celebrity after basketball. Kareem retired and just lived life. He pops up for the NBA and things like that, mm-hmm. but he, he kind of just moved on to live his life and got out of that limelight. Even mm-hmm. Jordan, like he owns Charlotte, but he's not in that limelight anymore. Like we, mm-hmm. we talk about him in debates because we're comparing other players to him. Outside of that, he sits courtside. You acknowledge him. You acknowledge one of the greats, if not the greatest player of all time. You acknowledge him when you see him. But then he's also been judged to some of these kids, his lack of an eye for talent. That's what gets more talked about. That's what some of these kids know, man. Look at look at how bad Charlotte's been all the way until they got LaMelo Ball and hit on Miles Bridges. Like his eye for talent was terrible when they had terrible teams and they could never get it right in the draft. So I do think it is a generational thing. And as we move farther from the 70s, in the 80s, and the 90s, 10, 20, 30 years from now, some of those guys start getting erased off lists completely. We're going to be sitting back at 50, 60 years old and be like, boy, they have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know about, you know, yeah. Kobe. They they, they, yeah. they forgot about Kobe. They, they don't remember Tracy McGrady, like even though he wasn't top player. But when they start making these position mm-hmm. lists and all that, and we're sitting there at 50, 60, they're not going to know about some of those guys who are greats in our era. Another guy that will get totally forgotten about or already kind of has is Paul Pierce. That's another guy. Like it just when you talk about that generation, like them people who wasn't watching hoops in the early two thousands. At all, is that big three? They remember that big three. Paul Pierce. He was a dog too. They forget when Paul Pierce was kind of carrying the Celtics, went to Easter Conference Finals, essentially by himself. Like Paul. So it's like they're gonna start forgetting about those guys. So I do get what you're saying about the generational thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I couldn't have said that any better, man. That these. They're they going to have to do their research, pretty much. Listen, we're going to have to leave it up to people to do their research. They got all this mouth on Twitter. They could do the same thing and go do the research. Go watch some YouTube clips and educate yourself, man, because um, the top 10 list in the next five to 10 years is going to be all over the damn place. Listen, you yeah. might have – some people going to have LaMelo Ball in their top 10. They're going to be so, gonna be so out of control just that's, because that's he's going to report every day. Yeah. That's the social media era. He's in there. He's in your face. He's going to be – I don't know if he's going to be the face of the NBA, but he's going to be these kids nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's their next star. That's their guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I growing up, I remember LeBron being a high, coming out of high school. Like that was that star. First high school play to ever bless, you know, the ESPN magazine cover. Now with social media, like people are able to follow Zion and LaMelo, but obviously Zion hasn't been on the court, but those are their stars now. And you get to follow them on social media. You get to keep track. And sometimes you just random thoughts, but I'd be wondering like if there was, Social media in the nineties, like how many followers yeah. like Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson have had? Like the the biggest stars on earth, but they're not gonna have that credit because they ain't got three point seven million followers on Twitter and ten million on Instagram. But I think those dudes would have did out of the world numbers. So I'm gonna move on, and 
we're going to close out with the tweet that, you know, I had responded to and we'll really talk about that. And, and I think it might even have something to do with our next topic. And that's the scariest team in each conference. So we're going to start with the Western Conference. Uh, I think it's deep. I think both conferences are loaded. I actually think the NBA is very loaded. We're going to have some guys come back from injury uh, prior to the playoffs. We hope Jamal Murray can come back. I haven't heard that he won't officially yet, so I'm hoping. I think he could shake some things. Uh, Dallas Mavericks started early. Like, There's so many teams that they could come back healthy. AD will come back for the Lakers. Hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, so the scariest team, like maybe it's that underwhelming team that nobody really looks at as a champ, but none of, none of the projected champions want to face. In the Western Conference, who's your scariest team to face if we talk about facing them in a seven-game series in the playoffs? Um, listen, man, I, I'm going to say this team. I hate it and I love it right now that they're getting a lot of shine because I've been knowing them since last year. But I got to go with the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Listen, if, if I'm any team in the West, I'm not trying to face these Grizzlies at all. These young, I, I just put out an episode today uh, uh, talking about the Grizzlies and, and how I, I, I called it early in the year. They're going to win the playoff series this year. The Memphis Grizzlies are going to be somebody in the playoff series this year. As long as they don't play the Warriors or the Suns in the first round, which they won't, whoever they play in that first round, about to be lights out for them because the, Briz- the Grizzlies, I know they're, they're getting a lot of uh, uh, shine right now because John Moran is highlights and everything like that. But if you just watch basketball and if you look at the totality of the team and what's going on with them, these boys are playing hard every single night. And the other, other low-key fact about the Grizzlies that a lot of people don't realize is that they lead in the league in three categories, in rebounds, and blocks, and steals. The Memphis Grizzlies as a team. So for one team to lead in three categories, those are hustle stats, brother. And you know yeah. hustle stats, that means they playing hard. So you know this team is greedy right now. Everybody has a role on this team, which I like. I got to shout out my boy, Bane, too. Underrated, one of my most approved players of the year. Bane has been hooping this year. I got to yeah. show my man some love. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, he's been crazy. himself. Yeah, it's crazy. It looks like he be lifting trucks in his spare time, man. He got he to put the weights down, brother. He got to put the weights down. But um, Bane, the Grizzlies. I'm telling you, there's one team I don't want to face in the West. It's the Grizzlies, man. They're, they're, they 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 are ready to go, and they are hungry this year. Last year, they got their feet wet playing against the Jazz. Um, They got knocked out, obviously. They weren't ready for the playoffs last year. But this year, they are ready to win some games, and I think they have a nice game plan. And this year, they actually know who they are. So I'm going to go with the Grizzlies, and the West is the team, for me, uh, that I wouldn't want to face. I, I think – I think that's the only team like because we know what a lot of these teams are. I mean, you could say nobody would want to face the Lakers if they if they figure it out. And that's a huge mm-hmm. if, if they're fully healthy and ready to go. But I think it's got to be Memphis because we know what the Lakers are and we know what they can be if they're fully healthy and figure it out. Mm-hmm. We know what Golden State is. We know what Utah is. Essentially, we're waiting for them to kind of get over that hump. But we know what they are. We don't know the damage that Memphis could do. We know what Jokic and Denver is, even when they're fully healthy. We pretty much know because mm-hmm. this is the one team that don't have playoff experience, that hasn't been there, done that. Lucas had his shot. And it's not to say that they can't get over the hump, but we're looking at some of those teams and we're like, and I think I, I agree with you 100%. And then with Memphis, like my key word is youth. Like mm. they haven't been there before. They don't really know what to there is no such thing as I've seen it before. I know what failure. Well, last year, last year, but it was the play-in. Like it was the play-in, but it, it, and, and but then they, they got the playoffs too. They yeah. The playoffs and they lost in what five? They lost in five. Yeah, I think it was five. I believe. Yeah, yeah they lost in five. But it's it's they were all counted out last year. Like there's yeah, a yeah, yeah. vibe in Memphis right now. Like John Morant was still that up and coming star. Now, like I think there's a different confidence about himself. Like. Mm-hmm. He's here. He's talking. And it's not negative talk. It's just, I'm here. Y'all counted us out last year. I didn't think mm-hmm. we was going to be this great this year. Now look at me. Like, I'm an MVP candidate. I'm definitely going to the All-Star game. We know that. He, he's going to the All-Star game. He's an MVP candidate. Does he win MVP? I don't know. But he's a, And like you said, they fit. Everything mm-hmm. fits about them. And they're young and they play hard. And that gives a problem for a team like Phoenix. It gives a problem for a team like Golden State. Because th- especially those run and gun teams, when you get a young team that can run and gun with you, they always mm-hmm. get problems. And, and an example I always go back to is, you remember that bad Lakers team with Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell, and mm-hmm. Julius Randle in them? Mm-hmm. They gave that Warriors team pre-KD a hard time. It was regular season, but they mm-hmm. always played against that Golden State team well. 
because it was just a bunch of young guys that could play that same style of basketball with you. And if they got hot, they gave you problems. I think Memphis is that in the Western Conference. I don't really think there's a scariest team other than that because, like, yeah, we hope they're healthy. I mean, like I said, I guess you could always say the Lakers, but I think that's a comment. We know when LeBron gets to the playoffs. Depending on matchup. They're depending on matchup. I think if it's a, a team like the Mavericks or the Jazz, they might be a little scared of the Lakers. But if it's a team like Phoenix or, or Golden State, no fear in their hearts against yeah, those Lakers. It's the team that's been there. They know, like, Phoenix just went, you know, just went to the finals. Obviously, uh, you know, Steph Curry and them, multiple championships. They know what it takes to get there. They faced LeBron mm -hmm. before. So there is no fear there. And they play fearless style of basketball. Yeah. Like, I think Memphis will play, I mean, not Memphis, uh, Utah will play a little scared. Like, hold on, man. Like, this is a big stage. Something they're Take not Utah, man. Yeah. That, and that's what they do. That's almost become their MO is they're, Really good to great in the regular season. They get going, and it's like they just can't beat none of these teams. I just don't know if there's enough talent when it comes to a seven-game series when you assess them against these other teams. So I want to move to the East because I think this is where it gets good because I think there's multiple teams. I think consensus is Memphis. I think if I ask 10 guys, I probably would get 10 answers on the West that is Memphis, and we'd all figure out different ways to come to the same. I think the Eastern Conference, I think there's multiple scary teams. So if you had to pick a team, or if you got two, but if you if you pick a team, who is teams that that these championship teams should fear having to run into in the Eastern Conference? Um, I got two, but one uh, I'm gonna go with the most team, lowest of keys. It might be the Washington Wizards. Um, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that Washington Wizards team. I like how those pieces fit if they stay healthy. Um, they and they're actually starting to get healthy now. Thomas Bryant just came back. He was a starter center from last year. Um, Hachimura just came back. Shout out to Hachi. He just came back. Um, they getting some pieces down there. So they got, they got a front court of Gafford, Montrez, uh, Thomas Bryant, Kuzma, Hachimura, Bertans. That's six dudes for two spots right there, just yeah. in the front court. Back court, got, obviously got all-star, all-NBA caliber Beal. Dinwiddie is a solid piece in that back court. They still need to shore up that backup point guard position which I feel like they should probably – that's the position that they should look to upgrade uh, by the trading deadline. Um, got KCP in there, too, being their defensive eighth. And they actually been playing well as a unit. We saw early in the year they were atop the East. I don't, nobody told Kuzma to wear that damn sweater. Now they started losing after that. That was his fault. He should have never did that shit. But if he never puts that sweater on again for the rest of the season – they might be all right. And now and I'm looking at the Wizards depending on who they match up because if no one in the top four to me is really a, a, a sneaky team because I feel like everybody knows about the top four in the East. But if there's one team that can, you know, score with the best of them, I would have to go with the Washington Wizards right now. I kind of like how their pieces fit. And they, they, they might be on to something, if healthy, going yeah. into uh, uh, the playoffs. But that's a big if. Yeah, and, and that is a big if they got some players who got some injury history. I'm going to go with Cleveland. Uh, mm. I know they're in the four seed right you believe now. believe in them. I believe you don't want to run into them. That That's <laughs> what I do. Okay. But I don't I don't think they're Easter Conference Finals appearance. I don't think they come out the East. But I believe if I'm Chicago, I believe if I'm Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I don't want to run in. The, the teams that we're really looking at, Miami, if, if we're looking at Miami, we'll get into them in a second. But the teams that real that have real championship aspirations, if Milwaukee wants to repeat, if Philly makes something shake with the roster, ends up getting Ben Simmons and has a real chance, like that's a team I won't want to run into. They can run and gun. They match up with you length. They're probably longer than most other teams. They are tall. Like they're 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 very and they're starting five too. Like their starting five is very tall. They're bringing Kevin Love off the bench. He's played a lot better than I expected because I almost expected him not to be there mentally. Like I expected him to be there checked out, waiting for his time to get bought out or somebody inquire about him for a trade. Like I didn't expect Kevin Love to still be on this roster. And then once Colin Sexton went down, like I was like, okay, Cleveland's gonna be a bad team again. Like, with Colin Sexton out, I don't know if they're going to be able to get over that hump because they're going to have to depend on Darius Garland to be the player that everybody expects him to be. And then, boom, what does he do? What does he do? He's the player everybody is expecting. Like, they started seeing mm -hmm. early. He needed to start coming into his own. And this was the the exit, This was the opportunity for him to do it, and he's answered. I think he's an all-star, uh, in my opinion. I don't know if he'll Marlon? be. Oh, 
Yeah, I think Garland's an all-star. I, I think he should make an all-star team. With But what Cleveland has done, I don't – I think they should have an all-star on the roster, and I don't know if you give it to Mobley because he's a rookie. Like, and he's missed some games. So I think if, if I look at Cleveland, it's got to be Jared Allen or Garland. But even still, when you look at the all-star, and if I'm a coach picking, the all-star game is an entertaining game. And who would probably be a little with with the little razzle dazzle dribbling the ball, pulling up jump shots? <laughs> I think it'll just be a little more entertaining. But you can throw Jared Allen, Jared Allen lobs, so I think he's a he's borderline all star. He'd be in for me. I'd kick somebody out. There'd be somebody up that's fringe that I, I'd take him over. But I think Cleveland, just the way they play ball, they play hard. Like you said. They, they mirror Memphis. I don't think they're as good as Memphis, but they mirror them in how they play ball. They play hard. They protect the rim. Even when they start bringing in their bench, like they protect the rim. You got that three-headed monster in marketing, Mobley, and Allen, and that's in your starting five. You got Garland, who's that guy. He could go bucket for bucket, I think, in a playoff series. And I just think even if the Brooklyn gets them in the first round, like that could be a six-game series. And when you're a team like Brooklyn looking to win a championship – you're not trying to play a six-game series in the first round. I know they're the four seed right now. The rest of the NBA will settle in. They could find themselves at six, and you might match up. Milwaukee might get them, or Miami might get them. And you're not – if you're trying to win a championship, you don't want your first-round series to be a six-game series because typically it gets no easier. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about mm-hmm. another six- or seven-game series. You're talking about a six- or seven-game series in the conference finals, and then if you're lucky to get to the finals, you probably talk about another six- or seven-game series with the way the NBA is loaded. So. I think Cleveland is just, for me, they're that team that you just don't, that, that'll be a bad draw for you if you look like a championship team and you get Cleveland because that'll wear you down prior to you even getting started. Mm-hmm. I hate you, Mo, but let me push back on you on a few things, man. Um, I disagree with you on a, on, a, on a few aspects. Cleveland, I hear you on that. They're a solid team, solid young team. They're ready to go right now. They're having a nice Cinderella, nice Cinderella season that they're having right now, but if I'm talking playoffs, I think those boys are getting smoked out first round, five games max. I'm giving them on yeah. any of those five games max, brother, on any of those teams in the top four, especially if they draw the Heat, especially if they draw the Bucks, especially if they draw Brooklyn. I think Chicago is probably gonna stay in that top two seed, so they won't. They probably won't play them uh, in the first round. I don't think Cleveland is gonna stay in the top four. I believe they're gonna be around five or six. I actually think it's possible that they drop down towards the end of the season because I think all-star break hits, teams start resetting. They are a young team. Yeah. That's the time where you got to uh, 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 regas the team. And I don't know how they're going to look towards the second half of the season. And the East, they are loaded. The East is loaded. And between, I believe, between seeds one through six, I think it's like five games that separate them or maybe even less than that. Um, so playoffs, Cavs. It would be nice to see them get in there. Um, also, when we talked about the All-Star game, I, didn't, I I made my All-Star picks in my last episode. I didn't have Garland making it. I had Jared Allen over Garland um, because too many guards in the East that uh, were, that I would choose before him. Uh, coming off the bench, I had that there was a, a real quick. It was, it was Young, Harden, uh, Beal, Levine coming off the bench, uh, one of the reserves. I had LaMelo Ball starting on my All-Star team, LaMelo Ball and DeRose. Yeah, LaMelo to me is a starter. And um, DeRozan, which weirdly he's listed as a guard when he doesn't even play guard right now. So I don't know why the NBA hasn't listed as that. But um, to me, I think Garland's going to miss the the all-star bid this season. Deserving, yes. He's been playing well. But me personally, I will go Jared on him because they need another forward center in the East. And Jared is giving you 16 to 10. Don't don't sleep yeah. on Jared Allen, man. He's a very, very nice piece. And their defense, on par. They play hard. I like the Rondo pickup was solid for them. They're going to have some uh, some more experience. But I look at them as how the Grizzlies were last year coming in, how they got smoked out in five games. I think that's going to happen with the Cavs. But they are a solid team. Um, can they really compete with any of those top four? Me? I don't think so, me personally. And and we're going to see because they might even drop down to the playing. And no disrespect or nothing like that to the Cavs. But um, I got to see a little bit more. But Mobley, though, the truth. Mobley, the yeah, truth. No. He, he's a dog. He's got a bright future as long as he stay Ooh. healthy. Because you know, in today's NBA, we we gotta. It, it's these young guys get hurt a lot, and they don't play through a lot of injuries either. He's they sit for a long time, but he he's everything the Cavs wanted him to be, needed him to be, yeah. and he's only gonna get better. Uh, the yeah. future is definitely bright. I, I just I, I just think I, I, you know what you like him. You like him. 
now that you said this is the last year, though, I can't. Di- I don't disagree with that. Like, I'm loving them a year too early. Maybe going mm-hmm. in the next year, I like them a lot more. Maybe if they had Colin Sexton, I, I it would probably that's a lot why. more validated. So, so I agree with that. And now that you said they're the Grizzlies last year, like maybe I just fall in love with them and being that competitive a year too early. But I I could take that. So we're gonna talk about one more thing <laughs> before we close out. And that's a Heat versus Sun Finals matchup. Now, Talk to me. Now, for people who don't understand or, or who might think this is crazy to even have this as a segment, nope. uh, Justin tweeted out and basically, you know, gave his explanation. I'm going to let him explain it here in words. He's going to have a lot more than 160 characters to get his point across. <laughs> um, and I don't disagree with him, but the Heat versus Suns in the finals, you tweeted it out. You fully believe you fought, I think you you're in love with the both way with the way both teams are playing basketball. So just the floor is yours. When you tweeted this out, did you because I agree with you and I was like, man, I can't believe somebody loving my Miami Heat the way I love <laughs> when you tweeted this out, though, and I've also known you've been on the Suns for a while. Did you get a lot of pushback? Like did, did was there a lot of negativity to your take first? Um, well, listen, it's it's have yes and no it depending on if you know me if if you're a person that who knows how i am listens to the show a lot or somebody who interacts with me on a normal daily basis they know this is not crazy of me to choose because my last pick the last couple of years were heat going to the finals i was uh, uh the bubble it was the bubble year i had picked them to go to the finals back in november that year and they made it all nobody believed it. they said i was crazy for the heat going to the finals in that bubble year i said listen this team has the pieces Big fan of Spo. Let me get into that. But um, last year, I also predict uh, not not the Suns to go to the finals, but to go to the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, but I was one of the first people on the on the Suns bandwagon. I'm a big um, Chris Paul guy, so I always knew this team was ready to compete. This team was ready to go, and I knew that they had the horses. But in this particular year, these two teams, I look at them, they're mirror Im- mirror images of each other in different ways. Um, so I look at both of these teams right now. Both of these teams obviously can beat any team in the NBA. Um, I start off with the Heat. They can beat anybody in the NBA. They're one of the teams that are flying under the radar right now because they're not necessarily a sexy piece or sexy they're name. Sexy. As They're not fancy, not, not, not a sexy team, but they're a gritty team, though, I'll tell you right now. Um, they can beat anybody in the team. If you look at how they played this season, they played the fewest home games this season out of any team in the NBA, so majority of this season has been on the road. They were one game back from the number one spot in the in the Eastern Conference right now mm-hmm. after sustaining all of those injuries to every single key piece. Um, their big three, I believe they only played in 15 games together this season. That's Bam, Lowry, and um, and Jimmy. Um, what else? What else am I forgetting about? Top three coach in Spo. How can, how can we not talk about Coach Spo right now as a top three coach in the league? I think they played – also they played the most undrafted players in the league also as well. So the Heat have been finding gems and they've been finding pieces all year. They've been finding pieces for the last two years. So the Heat and the Suns are two of the most deepest teams in the league. And when you look at the Heat, the way they're constructed, they're constructed for the playoffs. They're battle-tested. They're ready. They're hungry. They're a defensive-minded team. And if you look at how they match up against the Brooklyn Nets, they got some pieces to guard those brothers. Listen, I I know a lot of people love the Nets, but they're not unbeatable. KD himself? He can get you 50 and still lose. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, we saw it happen. It was a, like, we've seen it happen. So it's not like it's out the realm of possibilities. Exactly. Plenty of times we've seen it happen. So the Heat, they have horses to combat everything the Brooklyn Nets can give you. The main uh, uh, the main hindrance or the main Achilles heel for the Heat would probably be, I wouldn't say the inability, but they need to score a little bit better or they need to get more easier shots especially on the perimeter. They they have a few shooters. They have a couple of shooters, but shooters who get their shot on their own in the perimeter because there's going to be some ice, a lot of isolation in the playoffs, so they need to get those isolation buckets. But their offense, I still believe in them, and I still think they can uh, actually acquire another piece before the deadline. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Oladipo. If he comes back and he gives you anything, if he gives you 8 to 12, it, that'll, be, that'll be solid off the heat bench. So the heat... I got in the East, I think, um, this year they finally replaced Crowder, which I think was the issue last year that they were missing a Crowder, and that was one of the main reasons that they uh, that they fell to the Bucks last year. They needed they needed that defensive anchor at the fourth spot. Um, they had – who was on? Myers Lander was on there last year. Who else they had? Uh, 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 I forgot. Somebody uh, – the, the headband from the Kins. They, uh, they let go of Kelly O. Remember, he, 
What, what, yeah, Kelly O. Yeah, they had Kelly O. Myers Leonard, uh, yeah. Bam, and, and Bam got killed by Giannis. Who they had at the four? I can't even remember who they had at the four last year. I think it was Kelly O. Maybe right. He was it was Kelly O. It was yeah, Kelly O. Go with Myers Leonard. Yeah, no, no disrespect to Kelly O, but that's not gonna get it done right now for these. They no. gonna they, they had to replace him with a. He's not a crowd replacement. They replaced him with PJ Tucker. He's excellent for them. And the Suns. What more can I say? That team right now. Listen. Listen, everybody know I'm the biggest Chris Paul guy in the world. It's that time. It's their year. I said it last year they were supposed to win, but they ran into a horse because a couple of the young guys, they got a little scared in the finals. DeAndre Ayton, he no, uh, he got smoked out the finals. It's okay because it was Giannis. who was a two-time MVP he won against, so I can't fault him too much for that. But this year, the Suns are hungry. The Suns are ready. They're on a mission. Most complete team in the league right now. The best. Uh, team with the most execution in the league, in my opinion. And I think these Suns are ready to go, and they locked and loaded, barring injury. But I don't even care about injuries. I still think the Suns are getting there no matter what. And I think it's going to be a Heat and Suns uh, NBA Finals. And I stand on that. Yeah, when I tweet, I tweet loud, man. I stand on that. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is I don't think – like you said, you said it about the Heat. And I even think it's with that about the Suns, but there's there's enough Chris Paul fans out there – there's enough young cats that love Devin Booker that that it would be appealing for the Suns to get back. Because I even think the Suns and Bucks last year was not the appealing NBA Finals that everybody wanted to see. We wanted to, really wanted to see Lakers Clippers. Yeah, I was good with it. But I think <laughs> when you talk about the casual fan, like yeah. the Suns, it just wasn't sexy. The the Bucks is like ah, we wanted to see Brooklyn and, and their big three and Kyrie. Like we wanted to. I think we were so set as as a world on Lakers versus Nets. With the That's way, media, the man. like, yeah, I, and I think that became the problem. But even still, I think with the Heat and Suns, I think the hoop heads would love this. This would be like a luxurious matchup. Yo, people who really love basketball, but then for the casuals, it's like because I, and I was talking about this with my dad. I said the Heat have a big three. I said I don't know if the Heat's big three in people's eyes is a top seven big three as constructed, but they just as good as anybody with what they do. Like, I don't mm. think people will fall in love with Lowry, Jimmy, and Bam. Those aren't those flashy players. They're, you're not Individually. Getting, yeah, mm-hmm. and so, when, but when you put them together, they fit perfect. But when you compare them to, like, the big three in L.A., even though they're struggling, people will still say Westbrook, LeBron, and A.D. together when healthy or whatever are better than that big three. Obviously, Brooklyn's big three. I think a lot of people would take long. But I think when you talk about asking people like, hey, what big three would you rather have? I think people, I think I think Milwaukee's big three, people, if we rated big threes, I think Milwaukee would be ahead with Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. I think Giannis would be the determining factor anyway. I think Holiday and Lowry and Jimmy and Middleton, I'd take Jimmy slightly over Middleton anyway, but I think Giannis is the factor. I think even yeah. if you look at Phoenix's big three, because they come in fresh off of making the NBA Finals, like, you're going to take them with Paul Booker and Aiton. If, if we're just talking rankings, but then mm. when you look at how they match up with any of them, they can play with any of those three. But they're just, it's not sexy coming out of Miami. And so I do think they play hard. They play defense. And I'm, I'm with you on everything you said. They do need to find a little more offense. And a little bit more. And put it on Jimmy. Like, and it's not kill Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. I'm a Jimmy Butler guy. You know, uh, to me, he was that guy that kind of replaced D. Wade. For me, like guys like him, he went to Marquette after D Wade went to Marquette. Like, so I fell in love with Jimmy early, even when he was in Chicago. But it's he doesn't always he plays too nonchalant for me at times on the offensive side of the ball. And it bothers me because like your name is Jimmy Buckets. They didn't deem you that for no reason. Like you can score at will. I'm not asking for 30 a night. I'm just asking when we need you to score the most, I need that bucket from you. And sometimes he doesn't do it. He didn't do it in the Milwaukee series. Like, I think when games started to slowly creep away from Miami, that was the time to put the ball in Jimmy's hands. Hey, we're down six. You need to put a couple buckets. You need to put a couple balls in the basket before we get down 12. And he didn't seem like he had the will to do that at times. So I just think he plays offense nonchalant. I think that little bit of improvement comes from Jimmy Butler. I think if he plays, because he always plays, he's a dog. He's hungry on the defensive end. He plays hard. He hustles. But I think sometimes he just tries to get the young guys too involved. And I don't think you'll see that from here for sure in the playoffs because they're here. 
Like maybe this is what he was building towards. Look at all them times I got Hero involved. Now he might be a six man of the year. Look at all those times I got Duncan Robinson involved. Now I'm getting more consistent shooting from him. Now we have that experience. We've been to the finals. We know what it's like there. We know what it's like to feel like we got embarrassed in the playoffs. So they're they're coming off of two different highs from the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big advantage that they have, and they're going to come back hungry. And Kyle Lowry, I was opposed to Kyle Lowry, and it was because I was looking at his contract, and I'm like, I love him this year, but I don't love him for the, the Miami Heat's future, signing him for that much when he's already, what, 36 years old, 35, 36 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't love him, but his impact has been second to none. And the one thing you pointed out is what I – there was a point in time where they were winning games – no Lowry, no Jimmy, no Bam, no Marquise yes. Morris, no P.J. Tucker. And they were winning games. Marquise, I forgot about Morris. Like You forget about Morris because he's been out for so long, but Max Struess had a 30-point game. Tyler Hero has had multiple 25-point games. Omir Yurtsevin is playing. He's doing his job. He's exactly what we need him to be. <laughs> and I love it because we, we may not we'll only need him in spurts in the playoffs because Bam's back. Deadman will be there to be the rim protector. So we'll just need small spurts. And I think the Miami Heat are built because I believe games are won in that dead period from the end of, mid, end of the first and four minutes left in the first to about eight, seven minutes left in the second and then go to the third, four minutes left in the third to about eight minutes. Those two windows, I think that's where games are won outside of superstars being superstars. When you bring that bench in and you take them stars out and you start trying to take control of the game, I think that's where a lot of games are won, especially in the playoffs. But you always have exceptions because you do have those stars. But I think if the Miami Heat can win those minutes, they have enough defense where they can start slowing superstars down in elite moments and moments that matter. So I, I buy the Heat versus Suns. And then, I mean, hey, the Suns went to the finals last year. They're probably even better this year. What more can you Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they man. made it to the finals. We could say it was COVID or whatever. I really don't care. They got there. Rightfully so. Chris Paul, year one, made that impact. It made them a better team. They're only better in year two. They have the confidence. And they're going to be hungry. They got there and didn't achieve their ultimate goal. You don't go to the finals, lose, and be okay with it as a team. You'd be like, all right, we got to get back there next year, and this time we're going to come on the other side. I think this will be a great finals. And, man, I, I oh, hope this so Being a Heat fan, too, like I would love to see. And I think this will be a perfect matchup to really get a seven-game series. Yeah, two two things I want to point out about the Heat also as well. Um, one, shout-out to Hero for really embracing his six-man role this year because I think that's been one of the keys for the Miami Heat. He's averaging, what, 20-5 and five off the bench, uh, leading the league. Yeah. He probably is a front-runner right now for six-man of the year. So shout-out to him for not fighting with Coach Spo to be the starting two and just embracing being that microwave off the bench because it has paid dividends. And number two, if the Heat are going to go far in the playoffs and really uh, uh, get to the finals, they need to re-unlock Duncan Robinson. Because this season, it hasn't been the same Duncan Robinson as we've seen in years past. And I think it may be I'm, – I'm, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack because he is a sharpshooter and he's been proven. But um, I think missing Bam for so many games this season, I think, has hurt Duncan Robinson's game. Because if you watch a lot of he well, obviously you watch a lot of Heat games. And people, when you watch Heat games, you know uh, uh, Duncan Robinson is Bam's number one target especially yep. bringing it up the floor. He's always looking for Duncan Robinson. He's literally looking for him first. So I think because Bam has been out, he hasn't gotten those easy touches and he hasn't gotten that extra look that a shooter needs because he needs touches. So, and we all know he's not a great defender. So um, I think they need to re-unlock uh, Duncan Robinson in order for Heat to make that, to get into that extra gear that they need if they don't make a move by the deadline. But I still think these boys are ready to go, man. You know the Heat don't play. It's Heat culture. They don't play. Yeah. And it, it's that type of culture. And, you know, Pat Riley would love to have a chance at another championship. Uh, he would love to get one, obviously. Um, but, you know, before we close out, bro, I'm going to give you the floor. You know, once again, plug in your social media. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you, listen to your podcast, everything like that. Um, yeah, bro, I appreciate the invite, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. Definitely got to have you on above the rim 1,000%. I'm definitely hit you up on the details with you. And I got to get Chris up on there as well. Um Appreciate the invite. Like I said before, family, if y'all want to reach me or squad with me on Twitter, you can find me at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. 
Above the Rim podcast, new episodes every Wednesday. Just dropped an episode today. Make sure you're tapping in for that. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Listen to it. Plug it up. Uh, appreciate the invite, as always, like I said before, my man Mo. And um, we are just definitely looking forward to more collabs in the future, my man. Shout out to Off the Ball, too, man. Yeah, 100%, bro. Hey, I appreciate your time. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate everybody listening here on Bass Radio on Nothing But That channel. Uh, you know, this was a great show. Something I was looking forward to anyway. So I'm glad, you know, it went even better than expected. But appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. Uh, Up in Flames is out. <laughs>